the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Saved by Jesus and so much more. That is what we are exploring today in Romans chapter 5. Join us for Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Coming up next. When it comes to being saved, we throw around the term saved by grace, and we use it a lot. Sometimes I believe we lose sight of just how magnificent that statement really is, because wrapped up in that grace is Jesus himself. We are saved by Jesus and so much more, as if that weren't enough. Welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Gary Wagner here at Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose returns us to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, saved by Jesus. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Saved by Jesus and much more. Much more, verse 9, verse 10, much more. Verse 11, and not only so. I mean, how much more can God do for us than when we left last week in verse 8? To demonstrate even to prove his love for us than that while we were yet sinners, we had missed the mark. We had gone out of the way like lost, wayward, stubborn sheep. But then he set his son to die for us to bear our curse, to take away our filth, to cleanse us, and much more. You see, God not only pledges to provide atonement, but he he promises to secure us all our lives and bring us finally into his everlasting kingdom. It's not enough for him to show us his love once, Now, he has already shown us in the greatest possible way. But every day he wants us to bathe in his love. Every day he wants us to feel it, to know it. But it can't rest on our feelings. It can't rest on our knowledge as if it were the power of positive thinking. It has got to rest on something much more stable than that. And, of course, it does. It rests on the saving work of Jesus Christ, his finished work, his justifying work, his reconciling work. So in verses 9 through 11, there is more of love, but also more of looking at its effects throughout our lives until we finally enter the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul begins with justified by his blood. Now, this connection between justification and blood is now here made explicit. Because we are made right with God. 
we are declared to be right with God on one basis. Not on, on, not on how holy we become as believers. Not the progress of our faith. We are right with God because the blood of the Son of God was shed for us. His precious blood. His blood in place of our blood being spilt under God's judgment in hell forever. Justified by his blood reminds us that everything necessary to gain for us a sentence before God of righteousness comes from him. Remember who he is. He is the last judge. And every one of us is going to stand before him one day. And there is one thing that will gain for us the decree. You are righteous, enter into my kingdom. It is not our works. It is not our feelings. It is not our ceremonies. It is not our rituals. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. And that is why every day of our lives, unless our hearts are as cold as stones, we must make much of the blood of Christ. The verb justify here is passive. It is not what we do. It is not what we say. It is not how much we cry. It is not how many sermons we listen to. We are declared righteous before God because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ being shed for us. And quite frankly, we can't hear that enough. Do you want to talk about this world being saved? You want to talk about this nation being a better place? Then talk about the blood of Jesus. Because beloved, until a man is covered with the blood of Christ, he is covered with the wrath of God. Those are our only two options. It doesn't matter what political party you belong to, what social theory you have, your sports teams, your tattoos, your earrings, your house, neighborhood, skin color, education. There are only two coverings in this world. There is the blood of Christ and there is the wrath of God. So today, if you are not looking to the Lamb of God, if you are not seeking to be righteous before God on the basis of his blood being spilt, him taking our curses on the cross, him pouring out his soul unto death for us, being numbered among the transgressors, you are still dead in your sins. I was the transgressor, and yet he stood up in my place. If that is not where you are looking, and that is not what you are clinging to today, the wrath of God covers you. So I urge you to repent. But notice, much more. Since we are justified by the blood of the Lord Jesus, shall we be saved from the wrath through him? I find it a little bit jarring that he says, being justified, saved from wrath. 
wrath. I felt the whole purpose of behind being justified by the blood of Christ was so that no condemnation would rest upon us. Why bring up wrath again so close? I think three reasons. One, a day of judgment is coming. It may look like and often does in this life that men get away with their sins and crimes. But there is coming a day, saith the Holy Spirit in Scripture, when the living God will have his day in court, when he claims, when the claims of his justice will be fully meted out upon every soul that does wickedness. And he will judge the world through the Lord Jesus Christ, before whom all the nations will stand and be divided by his finger as the sheep from the goats. So there is coming a day of wrath and retribution. It almost seems kind of like a trailer for some silly movie. Have you ever thought how silly it appears to the world when we tell them that there is a day coming of judgment? What are you talking about? I don't see it. It seems like the heathen have the most fun. It looks like the pagans and the godless get away with everything. You know, if you've got enough money, you can buy your court decision. If you are a government agent, you can get away with murder, literally. So maybe I'll get away with it on the last day. If there is a last day. Well, there is a day of wrath and burning that is coming where the fire does not die. And the worm never stops gnawing away on the carcass of those who reject the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, therefore, not only is there a day of wrath coming, but there is only one place of refuge from that wrath. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, if you will. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enter in, which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered Even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Turn back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. Let's actually begin with verse 6. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with the mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Christ is our only refuge. That on that day, because it is coming, and we don't know whether it is far off or whether it is sooner, but there is only one covering on that day. And that is for the Son of God who shed his blood for us to come forward and say, this one 
is justified by my blood. How can you know this? Do you believe the gospel? Have you repented of your sins and turned to the living God and confessed, I have sinned, I have done wickedly, I don't deserve to be made righteous? You see, sin is not something that is just out there somewhere. It is in me. It is in you. I'm teeming with it, and I can't deliver myself from it, and I need, Lord, for you to come and deliver me. And the Lord Jesus will say, as the just judge that he is, this one is covered with my blood. There is only one place to flee for refuge. And it is not a law. It's not nirvana. It's not Americanism. It is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ who was crucified for us. And lastly, I have said there are three reasons why God brings forward wrath. One, there is a day of judgment coming. Two, we must flee for the refuge to Jesus Christ. And three, very simply, even as believers, we need to hear about God's wrath against sin because we are sleepy. The world puts us to sleep even if we're trying to walk with the Lord. Very often, the reminder of God's wrath keeps us alert not only against sin in our lives and families and congregations, but also alert with a sense of purposefulness. History is going somewhere. The Lamb will return, which we just read in Second Thessalonians chapter 1. And when He does, will He find us waiting and watching? When He comes for you individually at your death, will, ye, will He find you waiting and watching faithful, looking unto Him. But beloved, even beyond our personal stories, there is coming an end to history when the bridegroom will return, when the judge will return, and there will be nothing worse than to be shut out in utter darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we need to be alive to these realities that the gospel proclaims to us and that wrath reminds us of. Alive to these realities, there is a reigning king who having died for us in weakness is now raised in power. And he is returning. And he's not coming back as a sweet, gentle beach boy Jesus as so many pictures portray him. But he will return in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who know not God and obey not his gospel. The gospel proclaims to us he will return and consummate his kingdom. He will remove all impurity. And that should be a great thought for believers. To have my impurities, my sins, my, my failings, my weaknesses removed so that I can serve my God forever. If you believe, 2 Thessalonians 1.10 goes on to say that when you see him, you will admire him and you will rejoice in him. 
that unspeakable joy and being full of glory that Peter talks about. It will be a reality in your life. But if we do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I have to say this to you today, if you do not believe in him and you do not trust in him, oh, maybe you're playing games with yourself. Maybe you want to pretend But if you have not bowed and been on your face before the Lamb of God and asked Him to forgive you, have mercy on me, O God, through your Son. Understand, if you die this evening and you stand before God, you will beg for the earth to open up and swallow you and for the rocks to fall on you because, well, turn to Revelation 6 and you can see it for yourself. Because it sounds so silly in our day of polite, nicey-nice preaching, pleasantly sending men to hell. Revelation 6, verses 15 through 17. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? So this is the first Much more that we have here in verse 9, that having justified us by his blood, our Savior will deliver us from that wrath to come. He will save us. There is a second much more in verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now here again in verses 9 and 10, it's just back and forth. Verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we will be saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled. It is a shocking thing to be reminded in such close proximity to be reconciled that we were God's enemies. But you see, unless we see our true condition, we are never going to flee into the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we walk around thinking, oh, we're pretty good. We measure ourselves by other people and by the world around us. But God says, no. He says in Colossians 1.21, we were alienated in our minds by wicked works. He says in Ephesians 2, 3, by nature, we were children of wrath, even as the rest of the world of unbelief. In Romans chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, they say we were unable to please God, that in our minds we were alienated and opposed to him. The King James even is stronger. It says we were at enmity with God. And yet... Even when we were enemies and sin had made deadly progress in us. When we had no love for him and when his justice demanded our punishment. When we were unable to please him in any way. The God whom we offended came 
He was the only one who could, and he made reconciliation with God for us. By the way, the parallel in verse 9 with justification shows us this reconciliation is like justification in that primarily it is not a change in us. Now, we have to be careful of saying that it is a change in God because he is, of course, unchangeable. But yet our status before him did change. Remember, we were his enemies, but through verse 10, Jesus, by the death of God's Son, we are no longer enemies, but his friend, because we were reconciled to him. Now, how can we tie all this together? Our sins had separated us from God, and there was nothing we could do to make up for it. You could cry, you could feel guilty, you could try to make personal amendment, you could go to AA or whatever you want to do, but it will do no good because as long as there is sin in your life, God's justice demands satisfaction. And without that satisfaction on your behalf, it is impossible to be reconciled to him. Isaiah 59.1 says, The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is his ear deaf that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from him. And notice here in verse 10, the son in comes the son. That is not just a change of the title from Christ, which is what Paul has been using. It is a very important change. In comes the Son. Why? Why does He come in? Because there's nothing we can do. There's nothing the holiest man can do to go up into the presence of the holy God who is justly offended with us for our sins. Nothing. You can cry buckets of tears. You can do all kinds of works, go on pilgrimages. You can flail yourself or whatever you want to do, and it won't do you any good. God won't hear it. He won't see it, and he does not accept it. So with his son, he agreed and determined together with the spirit to come down incarnate in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and to make reconciliation. Only Jesus can reconcile God and sinners because only he is fully God and fully man. That is why we must repudiate Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and all of the false theologies that are really more philosophical and political systems because they deny that men can be saved. Really? Because when you deny the deity of Christ... There's no salvation for sinners. A good man, the best man, will not save you. By the way, this ought to forever make you give up if you ever entertain any notion and think, yeah, but I'm different. There's something special about me. I'll be able to say someday some, something on that day to get God to look at me favorably. I mean, beloved, our hearts are... Just a cesspool of self-deceit. This forever solves that. None of that will ever do you any good. 
the Son of God had to come, clothed in our flesh, because He alone not only could obey in our flesh, suffer the penalty of our sin on the cross in our flesh, bear the curse, the penalty, the punishment, the wrath of God, but as the eternal Son of God, He was able to bring us to God. He was able to usher us into heaven by His obedience. He was able to offer His holiness in our place and to attain a full, definitive, perfect reconciliation between God and us. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.